Well, next up on this special channel devoted to the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature, one of our favourite guests, crime author Mark Billingham, best known for his series of books based around the gritty detective D.I. Tom Thorne. Welcome to Emirates World, Mark. Nice Hello, to you thank you for having me. When you published your first novel featuring D.I. Thorne, Sleepyhead, back in 2001, did you envisage that in 2017 you'd be publishing the 14th instalment entitled Love Like Blood? <laughs> no, I absolutely didn't. In fact, Thorne back then wasn't even the major character in the book. I mean, I needed a detective because there'd been a, a murder. Uh, but the main character, the character I was really focused on, was the victim uh, in that crime. And I've always wanted to have the victims front and centre in the books. But he had the most on-stage time, I suppose, because he's the detective. But I never thought, you know, I'd, I'd still be writing about him all these years later. And I'm still enjoying it, as long as he changes and, and grows and develops. And how can he not? Because I put him through an awful lot. So <laughs> he's certainly not the same character he was back in that book, no. So does he age in line with the books? He does age. I mean, probably not a year at a time. Um, you know, it might be a year between books or even two years between books. But that doesn't necessarily mean two years between cases. You know, the next book might actually only be three months after the last case. But he's certainly a lot older than he was. And he's he's going through the same ageing process I am. Um, I'm sort of unspecific about it. But, yeah, he... he, he <laughs> He has a lot of aches and pains, and uh, he, he can't chase after suspects quite as uh, quite as fast as he did. No. Now, fourteen books, fourteen plot lines. Is it becoming more and more difficult to dream up stories, or um, do you find it still find it quite easy? It, it's not actually the thinking of the storylines. I think what what becomes more difficult is that you're always trying to write a better book. Um, you can't, of course. You know, there comes a point when you go, that's probably the best I can do. I'm sure, you know, Usain Bolt at one point said, I can't run any faster than that. <laughs> that, that is as fast as I'm ever going to run. Um, you want to write a better book, so you have that ambition every time. And that's what get, gets harder. And there's a few more. There's commercial pressures and that kind of stuff. And obviously your publisher wants you to sell a few more than you did the year before. But you're just trying to write the most entertaining book you can. That's what gets hard. Um, ideas... I, Sometimes you have more than one idea. Sometimes you have none. But you just have to start and see where the book takes you. So where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, do, you, do, you, do you look at the news every day or the newspapers? Well, or? I do. Yeah, I read the paper every day. I mean, often it's a tiny little story. It's never a big story. It's never something on the front page. It's something tucked away on page 12 that just makes you go, what? Eh? Why did the... Lots of questions. And then you can start a book that throws up a lot of questions that you don't necessarily know the answer to, as the reader will not know the answer when they're, when they're reading the book. Or it's something somebody tells you. And crime writers are a strange bunch because when people know what you do for a living, they always want to tell you stories. Oh, did you hear what happened to Mrs. Johnson up at number 37? And you hear these terrible stories. And part of you, you know, the sort of human part of you goes, that's awful. But then there's this ice cold chip in your heart that thinks <laughs> I'm having that. That is such a good story. So yeah, you gather stuff up. Writers are magpies. We like shiny things. So for your fans, your latest book, as I said, is called Love Like Blood. Yes. Uh, give us a little insight without giving too much away, a little without insight into the plot. giving too much away. Um, well, it features a newish detective uh, called Nicholas Tanner, who appeared in the last book, which was a standalone called Die of Shame. Now she and Thorne have teamed up to investigate what looked like a series of honour killings, of so-called honour killings, uh, which is going to take them both into some, um, some very dark places.
A little bit more? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give too Come much on. away. It's always very difficult talking about... Well, uh, Tanner needs Thorne's help because because her partner is, is brutally murdered at the start of the book. She thinks it's a case of mistaken identity. She thinks that she was the real target ah. because of these honour killings she's been investigating, which has stirred up quite a hornet's nest. Uh, and, of course, Thorne is exactly the man to help her stir it up even further. Right, OK. <laughs> I'm glad we got that little bit and out of And there'll be some country music, because there usually is. And, uh, you know, the, all the usual characters are there. Phil Hendricks, Thorne's best friend and the pathologist and so on, who, who has a very spiky relationship with, with Nicola Tanner. So, yeah, all sorts of all sorts of stuff. There are, there are a couple of very big twists at the end. Now, it seems like a, a lot of detective series, a lot of police series you see on the TV tend to be uh, a twosome. You tend to get the mm-hmm. main detective and a, and a sidekick. Yeah. Because the chemistry works well. They bounce ideas off each other and there are put-downs and so yes. on and so little arguments. Yes. So are these two going to be paired up in future? Well, yes, I think they will. They're certainly paired up in the book I'm currently writing. I mean, I never... When I wrote this standalone uh, a couple of years ago called Die of Shame, I wanted a detective who was everything Thorne wasn't. She is the anti-Thorne. Um, she absolutely loves doing her paperwork and loves playing by the rules and doing everything by the book. And I thought those two together would be wonderful. It would be like matter and antimatter. You know, some, <laughs> it's, there's going to be an explosion. Um, so, yeah, I, I put them together in Love Like Blood and it worked, sort of seemed to work. And so, yeah, that certainly for the near future, they're going to be working together. Now, the second book in the Thorn series, Scaredy Cat, was based on a, a real live robbery where I believe you were the victim. Well, there was an element, there was a subplot in that book that, that certainly owed a debt to this, uh, yeah, rather horrendous uh, crime of Tell which I was happened. the victim. Well, I was, I was held up in a hotel room, to, really? to be honest, yeah. Uh, three men in balaclavas burst into my hotel room in, a, in Manchester and held me hostage for a couple of hours and put a bag over my head and tied me up and uh, ran around Manchester with my, you know, my cash point card and so on and beat me up a bit and God. yeah, it wasn't very nice. And um, by the end of it, I thought, I'm going to get something out of this if, if it kills me. So yeah, I, I used it in the book a couple of years down the line. <laughs> Do you think the guys who robbed you realised that they... I don't think they're big readers. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Your novels have been turned into a TV series on Sky starring David Morrissey as Thorne. Mm -hmm. Now, I hear the BBC might be doing um, another set of programmes. You've missed it. The the last episode episode went out about three weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's been broadcast. It was a a show called In the Dark, a four-part BBC drama, um, yeah, which ran um, in July. And it was great. It was very exciting to see it. And, um, uh, you know, we're waiting to find out if there's going to be a second series of that. But that was a a, a series primarily focusing on a character called Helen Weeks, who in the world of the books is Thorne's other half, uh, romantically. So it's quite a weird thing. There's there's world of television and there's world of books where, where the stories are sort of different. But, you know, it doesn't matter. A book is a book, a TV show is a TV show. You know, as long as it's a good piece of TV. And, and I was very pleased with that. I was very involved and, and very proud of the programme we made. And did you get a good reaction from your fans? Yes. I mean, you always get those fans who are going, well, where's Tom Thorne? And why has he got a different car? And, you know, they, they just like to point out the differences <laughs> between the, the, the TV script and the book. But there have to be differences. You know, you can't take a 400-page novel and turn it into a two-hour television drama without an awful lot of changing and cutting and so on. So I reply terribly politely, but at the end of the, end of the day, the book is still there. The book hasn't changed. You know, they always say, well, what do you think of what they did to your book? Well, they didn't do anything to the book. They're 
there's the book in the bookshop or in the library or whatever. It's still there and it's still exactly the same, but it just threw up this this TV drama, which, you know, I love I love getting involved in TV. There are some other things that are still in the pipeline, and uh, if they come off, it's great. It's just something else. I grew up watching television. Who didn't, you know? So it's it's very exciting to see characters you've created on, on, on a screen, you know? Talking to you now, Mark, uh, knowing, as I do, that you're a writer of gritty detective stories and you're involved with murder and plots and so on. Murder. Murder. It's hard to believe that you started off life wanting to be a stand-up comedian. Well, I, I uh, yeah, and, 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 and was very happily for sort of a more, over 20 years. And I overlapped with the books. I didn't stop doing stand-up until about seven or eight years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I still keep my hand in, you know, at book festivals and so on. I'll, I'll do, in fact, I did, I did a, night of, a night of stand-up at the, at the, you know, at the Emirates Festival a few years back. Uh, where, I, where all sorts of writers were corralled into doing some stand-up comedy. It was great fun, actually. It was a good evening. Um, a lot of writers have that kind of comedic impulse, actually. It doesn't matter what they write. And crime writers especially. You know, we get all our dark stuff out on the page, so in real life we tend to be not very dark. Yeah, I enjoy doing... I enjoy, I enjoy trying to make people laugh. It's it's the other side of the coin, you know, and, and it involves a similar skill set, actually, to constructing a crime novel. It's all about when you reveal information, and it's all about timing, and crime novels are full of punchlines. They're just actually dark punchlines, but they're there. Now, you're going back... Once again to the festival, second uh, to the eighth of March in in Dubai. Yes. For those people that have not attended a literary festival, let alone one in Dubai, what's it actually like from your perspective? Well, there are all manner of different literary festivals. This happens to be a particularly good one uh, because it's it's wonderfully organised. Authors are terribly well taken care of, and and there's an awful lot of care goes into programming. Uh, the festival, so you get an incredible range of, of 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 authors. That's the first thing. I mean, sort of, you you will have philosophers and historians, and you know, people that write literary fiction, r- romantic fiction, crime fiction, science fiction, fantasy. It's it, it's all there. There is ev- something there for everybody, and all those writers are all together, thrown into this mix, which is tremendous because you know you bond with other authors very quickly. Um, so you know, my my fondest memories of this festival are coming back from a sort of party late night on a bus singing singing and over there is you know one of the country's most renowned poets and there's a philosopher and there's you know a booker prize winner or whatever it is and and you're all just you're all just in it together trying to have fun trying to give the audience the best time they possibly can at, at each of your events so it, it is it, there's tremendous uh variance in the events also there are there are things attached to the festival you do workshops i'll be doing a crime writing masterclass, which i've done before you do you do a day in schools which is tremendous the school event i did i think last time i was at this festival was the best one of the best events I have ever done. Really? Oh, I, I was in, there what, with, in what way? I was there with another author, and we didn't quite know what to expect. And we were in a sort of, I suppose, the staff room of this school with the teachers. And they said, "Okay, off you go." And we didn't really know where. We followed them down this corridor, and they opened the door. And I promise you, it was like walking into Wembley Stadium. You know, however, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children all stood up and applauded. And we, and myself and this other writer, were just, you know, our jaws were dropping at just how many there were, how enthusiastic they were. They all wanted to ask questions. They all wanted to buy books afterwards. They, it was just a fantastic event. So, yeah, the, I mean, and, and those things really make a festival. 
you know, those 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 extracurricular things, doing some stuff in schools, doing workshops and masterclasses. And uh, yeah, I um, I can't wait to be back. Are young children, are they into detective stories? Well, not not very young children. <laughs> um, I don't think my books are suitable for very young children. No. But yeah, but certainly kind of, uh, you know, any, any everybody of 14 plus, I suppose, or 13 right. plus. Um, anything you can do that encourages kids to read is 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 useful because it's really hard. And I know this as, as a parent of two children, uh, neither of which have ever read one of my books. I think actually, I think my daughter might have read a couple, but my son certainly hasn't. It's a it's a bone of contention in our house. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's very hard. Oh. You know, I, I was a, a voracious reader when I was a kid, but I didn't have computers and phones and social media and all this terribly distracting stuff when I was a kid. I, you know, I can't blame them for wanting to do that, but it's a question of finding that book that turns them on, that opens that door. Um, and once you do that, they'll be, they'll be readers for life. Terrific. It's been great, as always, talking to you, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us here on Emirates World. And, hey, look forward to catching up in Dubai. First Absolutely. Week of March. I can't wait. Thank you so much.